and welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavota, and you're listening to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavota, for uh, recorded on Thursday, February 26, 2015. And this is the program that talks about Missouri politics, Missouri government, tries to keep you in the know about what's going on in your state capital. And uh, hopefully we'll give you a little bit of information and uh, we'll have a nice dialogue about what's going on. Isn't that nice? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I'm very, you know, I'm. I this is the type of the sh- time of the show when I get mixed emotions because right now I'm a little down because the Independence Mayor Pro Tem Chris Whiting is not with us today. Aww. He's integral to the program. And last week we had uh, we did our town hall meeting uh, dialogue program with the mayor. Of independence, Eileen Weir. So Chris wasn't that involved with that. He was there and helped mm-hmm. out. And then the week before, he had meetings. You had meetings. I had meetings. Mm-hmm. We all had week. meetings. Yeah. And we so we miss Chris, and we're yeah. looking forward to his update of what's going on. But so, but that gets me to the good part. I'm very happy that Courtney Cole is here Thank with me you. today. Thank good you. Good to see you, Courtney. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Senator. It's good to see you as well. Good to see you, and I uh, hope you've had a productive week. Very. Yes. Got a lot going on. Good. Good. Yeah. That's that's wonderful, and uh, you know, looking forward to hearing all about it. Great. And uh, but you know, we do that. We here's what's going on. Here's what's new. But we always kind of have to start with the news. <laughs> Now, the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Substituting for Chris Whiting is Courtney Cole. Thank you, random person in the studio. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, here, here's the weekly capital update. The high school... No, 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 no. The no. High... Let's try this. Oh, try what this am I... I always mess this up. See, this yeah, is why we need Chris. Okay, let's try this again. Now, the weekly news roundup weekly brought to you by roundup. good folks at Liberty Realty. Okay. Here's Chris Whiting. And substituting for Chris Whiting is Courtney Cole. That's the weekly news roundup. Oh, okay, well, here's the weekly news roundup. Very good. Yay! Oh, great. Okay, I'm being okay, trained. Okay, very good, yeah. Good. All right. High court considers validity of ballot measures. High court. High court. The Missouri Supreme Court on February 25th heard arguments in two cases separately challenging the validity of constitutional amendments ratified by voters last August, expanding gun rights and establishing a right to farm. The plaintiffs in both cases claim the General Assembly crafted unfair and misleading ballot language for the measures, thus calling the election results into question. The court will issue rulings at a later date. Yeah, that's what the General Assembly did. Sorry. Sorry about that. Okay, are you jumping in to explain? No, go ahead. Okay, the St. Louis Police Chief Sam Dotson and other plaintiffs attempted to challenge the ballot language for the gun measure, Amendment 5, prior to August 5th primary election. Due to the unusually short timetable between when the measure was certified for the ballot in June and Election Day, however, the litigation was unable to run its course before the statutory deadline for making ballot changes had passed. Since the plan... Lots of sound effects here for this story. Okay. Uh Since the plaintiffs were denied full review due to no fault of their own, the Supreme Court ruled in July that they could pursue the issue after the election if voters ratified Amendment 5, which they did, with 60.9% support. The plaintiffs argue the language was unfair and misleading because it omitted mention of important substantive changes while improperly implying the amendment would establish a new state-level right to bear arms, when in fact that right 
already existed. Mm, I wonder if anyone mentioned that on the Senate floor. Yes, or on dialogue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The General Assembly approved the legislation placing the right to farm measure, Amendment 1, on the ballot more than a year before Election Day, which would which would have left ample time for pre-election litigation. However, the ballot language wasn't challenged until after voter narrow, after voters narrowly ratified Amendment 1 with 50.1% support. During arguments, some judges were skeptical of whether a post-election ballot language challenge is appropriate in this instance since the issue could have been raised earlier but wasn't. Well, it could it actually was raised earlier but Due to the timing, mm-hmm. it couldn't happen before the election. Mm-hmm. And what's even um, worse is that we pass out of the Senate a bill that makes the time shorter. Oh, wow. That uh, Senator Will Krause sponsored. Um, and his motivation for that was saying that the county clerks from around the state had to reprint their ballots if, if uh, things were challenged and they weren't on there. Well, that's just too bad. Now we have court cases right. wondering if things that— we pass were even constitutional mm-hmm. and uh as the court says uh, we passed a um amendment for a right to bear arms that in fact already existed in the missouri constitution and the u.s constitution so um the ballot language should have been this doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. you know i guess to yeah. be clear i guess that's what they're trying to to say so um, this will have big impact on uh, the next election cycle and now that uh, um, the Secretary of State, Jason Kander, has uh, decided to run for United States Senator, we're going to have a new Secretary of State, mm-hmm. and the new Secretary of State will have to deal with this and probably will become a pretty big uh, part of that campaign. I would hope it would be mm-hmm. that the Secretary of State would talk about ballot language and that sure. whole process. Yeah. Because as the chief election authority in the state, um, they should uh, um, help inform the public. So, Right, definitely. Definitely. So good job. Okay. Well, House approves requiring abortion clinic inspections. The House of Representatives on February 26 voted 119 to 35 in favor of legislation that would require annual state inspections of ambulatory surgical facilities that provide abortions. The bill, House Bill 190, now advances to the Senate. There are more than 100 ambulatory surgical centers in Missouri, but the Planned Parenthood facility in St. Louis is the only one at which abortions currently are performed. Ambulatory surgical centers provide a variety of outpatient surgical services. All are subject to inspections by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, but inspections aren't performed on a regular basis. Supporters say requiring annual inspections of the state's lone abortion clinic would ensure the facility maintains proper standards and protects patient health. Opponents argue that they that would also be true of ambulatory surgical centers that perform right. procedures other than abortion and wouldn't be required to undergo annual inspections. By omitting other surgical centers, opponents say the true goal is not to protect patient health but to impose unnecessary regulations on abortion providers. Yeah, yeah. this story sets out exactly the point of it. There's only one of these facilities in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, women have a right to uh, choose and if they don't if they're not going to stay in Missouri they're going to go across the mm-hmm. state line anyway this is just harassing Planned Parenthood who provides um, many different services for um, men and women across the state it's just just another hey look at me I I'm pretending I'm pro-life campaign mm-hmm. um, bill that we see every single year right um, from the majority yeah I agree 
Chambers approve versions of student transfer bill. The Senate and House of Representatives have passed separate bills that aim to address problems with an existing state law that allows students in unaccredited school districts to transfer to a nearby accredited, accredited district with their home district required to pay tuition and transportation costs. The House, on February 25th, voted 114 to 43 to advance its bill, House Bill 42, to the Senate, which a day earlier granted its version, Senate Bill 1, first-round approval on a voice vote. A second Senate vote is required to vote to forward Senate Bill 1 to the House. Both bills would require students in unaccredited districts to first transfer to better-performing schools within their existing district. Only after all open slots at those schools are filled would students have the option to transfer to another district. The measures also seek to provide more certainty concerning tuition and transportation costs for sending districts. The measures differ in various details, including provisions regarding accountability standards. During the debate on House Bill 42, a key point of contention centered on a provision that would require districts to sell vacant school buildings to charter school operators at fair market value, even if the district wants to keep those buildings. Critics of the requirement say fluctuations in student populations routinely, routinely require some buildings to be temporarily shuttered but reopened later. If a district is forced to sell closed buildings, they would have to build new schools later if student population increases, resulting in substantially higher costs than simply reopening existing buildings. Yeah, um, there was a provision in Senate Bill 1 that dealt with that similar problem with the schools mm-hmm. um, being sold Um uh, Senator Jason Holzman of Kansas City put that in there um, in committee. Where, where I am in disagreement of that, saying that uh, a vacant school has to be given to a uh, charter school operator at fair market value, the taxpayers of a particular district own that building. Mm-hmm. The board is elected by the taxpayers. They should be able to do what they need to do with that building. Mm-hmm. If, if, as this story implies, that someone... Uh, um, close it down, then reopen it, that's the thing. Or if they want to make a, a ball field or a parking lot or sell it to someone else, that's the decision they get to make. Yeah. There shouldn't be a law that says, hey, school board, we're going to tell you what you're going to do with your buildings. Right, with I their mean, facilities. That's, it, it's, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to, to have that because charter schools um, are seen as an option for folks, uh, especially in uh, struggling school districts, but they're pro-for-profit pro, uh, Groups, mm-hmm. right? And if they're going to make a profit, they can pay for a school. Or if they want to say the public schools are so terrible and the way they do it is so terrible, why would they want a public school building? Won't they get mm-hmm. a? Yeah, I don't know. A, a mobile a private unit. school building. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know. Bicycles where they drive around and teach when they're going, or I don't know some crazy. Maybe a flying machine, a blimp. <laughs> I don't know. The point is, if you're going to do the same thing over again, what do you expect different results? Why do you expect different results? So, um, Well, then Senate Bill 1, as far as it is now, it's going to have to come up for another vote before mm-hmm. it's been sent to the House. Yes. Then will they take into consideration the one that has just arrived to the Senate from the House? Well, that will be interesting how we um, cross-reference how, how, how it happens. What I think will happen is that House Bill 42 will go to the Education Committee. Mm-hmm. There will be a committee substitute, which will be House Bill 1. I see. And then there will be um, – the, and the House may do the same thing. But at some point, they have to have a conference committee on the different provisions. The good part of it is, if, I'm, if I uh, would like to highlight this, mm-hmm. that um, um, the when, when you could transfer 
and also provides more certainty concerning tuition and transportation costs. That is part of um, Senate Bill 70, which has been rolled into Senate Bill 1, which mm. is which is uh, one that I sponsored. Had, okay. So I had a very simple bill that said that uh, every district has to record their classroom size ratio, mm-hmm. and then from there, take transfers or not. Um, it's been rolled into a bigger package. Um, I'm happy that that common sense stuff is in the bill. I kind of wish we could just pass that mm-hmm. without all this other controversial stuff, but welcome to the Missouri legislature. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, public safety director resigning after just six months. After just six months on the job, Missouri Department of pa- Public Safety Director Dan Isom will resign effective March 2nd. Governor Jay Nixon appointed Isom, who is black, to the post on August 27th amid criticism about his administrative administration's lack of racial diversity in cabinet-level positions in the wake of civil unrest in Ferguson following the fatal August 9th shooting of unarmed black teen Michael Brown by a white police officer. In a news release issued by Nixon's office, Ism, a former St. Louis City police chief, said he would return to his previous teaching job at the University of Missouri-St. Louis Department of Criminology and Criminal Justice. Peter Lazinski uh, Nixon's deputy chief of staff will serve as the interim DPS director until a permanent replacement is appointed. This is really disappointing mm-hmm. because um, although he started his job six months ago, he was only um, confirmed by the Senate a um, month ago. Oh, wow. And uh, so I I, I was able to um, meet with uh, Dr. Isom a few times and mm-hmm. very impressed with him, very impressed with his knowledge, his integrity. Um the way he wanted to approach the department, and um, I think it's a, a shame that we we he had to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, as you read this, we don't have a lot of details of what that means. Yeah, I don't either. I would like to know a little bit more because I think he was. Uh, you know, he's one of these guys that you immediately, at least for me, I was immediately impressed by him mm-hmm. and um, the way he approached things, and I I think it's a shame that he is not going to be serving the public anymore in that capacity. So, Okay. House approves creating prescription drug database. The House of Representatives voted 107 to 48 in favor of legislation that would create a statewide database to monitor prescription drug purchases. The bill, House Bill 130, now advances to the Senate. Supporters of the bill say it will make it easier to identify prescription drug abusers. Opponents express concerns that private medical information might be misused by the state or pharmacy owners and also worried such a database could be vulnerable to hacking. This uh, is uh, something that uh, 49 other states do. We're the only state that doesn't do this. 49 other states. Yeah, and uh, we should uh, track um, abuse, drug abuse, and uh, you talk to most doctors, they're very much in favor of this. It helps them know who's trying to game the system mm-hmm. and make sure that they're providing patients the right thing. Um, uh, S- Senator uh, Rob Schaff out of St. Joseph, Missouri, is a uh, physician up there, and he is very much against this. He's mm-hmm. been kind of the guy who's been responsible for not letting this pass for the last four That's years. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, I'm encouraged that the House very quickly pass this bill. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can get it and get it passed, um, even over the objections of Senator Schaff. But um, where are the other members? I, you don't I, know. I think for the most part, people know it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that with early action here by the House, that um, we'll get it together. So yeah, and security, of course, is important and something to consider. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, at the same time when you have 40, 49 other states that have done it, and it's something that even the people of Missouri have been asking for, mm-hmm. those who are in the medical profession, um, then I hope to see that it gets passed. Okay. Um, well, that's that's all for your weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty uh, Realty. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah, you pretty good job over there. Yeah, had a rough yeah. start. but. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So good job. Um, you know, we miss Chris. Yes, um, but uh, you stepped up and you uh, read the news. <laughs> you had some. Did you have any comments on the news? Um, no, I didn't really have many comments. You know, I mean, I just think it's it's kind of the, the same old, same old um, in the way of seeing, you know, what what gets priority over other things. Mm-hmm. We knew that the education uh, issues that are coming up with the transfer bills was going to be an issue this year. And they just continued their attacks on uh, abortion providers, but um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, it sounds like you guys have had a pretty, pretty yeah. busy week. Lots well, we spent on. lots of time on on Senate Bill One, the the education, a lot of floor time, mm-hmm. and that's typical early in the session, and um, a lot of time there. So, um, as we're recording this on uh, Thursday evening, we got word in the uh, Missouri Senate. Roughly around 11.30, the president pro temp uh, said that the state auditor was rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, quickly as we adjourned, we found out that um, he passed away. Um, there there was even a, a, a prayer service that was held the House put together quickly. What the news is telling us is this. Tom Schweik, Missouri's Republican state auditor and a leading contender for the governor's office in Next year's election died Thursday after apparently shooting himself in his Clayton home. Awful. What we know at this point suggests an apparent suicide, Clayton Police Chief Kevin Murphy told reporters in a news conference Thursday afternoon. He said there is nothing to support anything other than that at this point. And I don't need to read the rest of the news because people, by the time I hear this, will know this, but um, there's a real sense of shock in the Capitol, Mm -hmm. um, disbelief. Um, and my, uh, my heart goes out to his family. Definitely. Um, yeah. my heart goes out to, to, um, any type of struggles that he may have had. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the state auditor very well. Um, he was very accommodating when it came to, um, you know, the, the state auditor does audits, um, around the state of municipalities and they'll, they'll work with state senators to give them that. He's, he did a couple of those and. Um, very accommodating and, and worked in a very bipartisan way. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to um, go after folks when he audited he, um, Governor Nixon and also some people in his own party. And uh, I, we don't know all, all what's going on, but it is a sad thing. And I don't think we could. Uh, it's only fair to mention that yeah. as, as we're we're um, talking about that. So. Yeah, I agree. I had just heard um, this afternoon even, you know, it had happened this morning, but mm-hmm. um, had just found out. And it's just really sad to yeah. hear, you know, you you never want to hear something, some kind of a tragedy like that happening. Mm-hmm. And then for it to be one of our state leaders right. and somebody who, you know, was, was planning to run for governor and has been really prominent in our mm-hmm. in our news and the work that he's been doing around the state. He, he and, and I'll just tell you right now i don't have the details but before he was state auditor he um was an ambassador um so i mean this is a a very learned guy and um heck we just don't know what happened so yeah so it's it's a it's terrible it's a sad thing 
So with that said, what other reports could you get about this week? Anything that we need to know? I mean. Um, no. Um, I had heard that our lieutenant governor was wanting a raise. Yeah, his contention is that he doesn't get a per diem like the rest of us in the legislature. Oh. And so he is impoverished because he has a home in Cape Geraldo. Geraldo? Gerardo. Gerardo. Mm-hmm. Geraldo? Nope. Geraldo. Geraldo? Nope. No. No. Hanaro? Yes. Anyway, in Cape <laughs> and, and in Jefferson City. Well, he comes in and he's opened up every session of Senate and for five minutes and then leaves. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure why he is complaining that he gets a per diem or not. I, I don't know. And I also don't know why he has two homes at I know the Secretary of State and State Treasurer have moved to Central Missouri mm-hmm. or mid mid Missouri mm-hmm. for their job. Obviously, the governor. So I'm not sure why he has um, a home in, in two locations. Yeah, in two locations. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a typical thing for a uh, lieutenant governor to do or not. But he's been lieutenant governor for a long time. He knew what the deal was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. The all the other state whites have moved there, so I don't know. Now, what do you what do you think? You're you're the so average. So he's basing the, it on travel expenditures as to why he feels he's impoverished. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Didn't didn't he give a really hard time to our governor about travel costs? <laughs> that's right, back? he did. He okay. sure did. Just thought that that was in my mind. He sure did. Yeah, he sure did. And you know, as a statewide, he is the lowest paid statewide employee with eighty five thousand dollars a year. You know, that you could maybe have a case that uh, the lieutenant governor should make more money, but that's not the case. He wants the per diem, which doesn't make sense to me. So Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, just can we go back really quick? Yeah. I'm thinking about um, the auditor passing. Um, what would the process then be? Would the governor appoint someone? Is Gov- there a special election? The governor would appoint until oh. the next general election, which would be the 2016 election, uh-huh. um, which isn't the normal auditor election, you know, because yeah. um, it, it's off here. And then that person would do the rest of the So the person term. appointed then would complete the term or then? No, the person appointed would run, would, would um, complete the, complete the rest of and, the term. No, no. They oh. would be there until 2016 when there would be another yes. like special election. I see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah. Anything else that we should need to know? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I'll just, just uh, you know, I had quite a bit of hearings, quite a bit of hearings, quite a few hearings. I had, wait, I have yeah. one quick, before you get into yes. that. Um, there was an article that uh, was in the Kansas City Star written by Jason Hancock this past week, um, and the title of it is Questions Surround Economists Who Assess yeah. the Missouri Legislation. And in that article, you know, he was able to show um, that there are ties to uh, the economists and conservative funders, um, can most notably uh, Rex mm-hmm. Singfield. And so I'm just curious as to how that has been received in the Capitol and amongst legislators. Uh, is, I, this some, is this a surprise or is this a, you, you know, you can see this? Um, it, it's, a, it's a problem because the process is that um, legislative research would work with um, folks to try to determine fiscal notes. And that gives us a note on how much things cost mm-hmm. you know what the it's what you either, based off of right? yeah additional revenue or less revenue based on a particular bill um 
part of one of the people they use is the University of Missouri, the economist there, and I guess according to uh, the Kansas City Star, they're linked up with the Show Me Institute mm-hmm. and and a, even employee of of some folks who are pushing tax policy. Um, so I think there would be more an investigation about that. And, um, you know, I, I can't really, here, here's where, here's where I'm wondering is that one of the big bills that, um, was being pushed by, um, some of these folks is Senate bill 509 that cut the tax top tax rate, um, for people over $500,000. Um, the fiscal note told us that it would reduce our revenue after it's fully implemented by $700 million. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah. So I don't know if they influenced that or not. Uh-huh. Because right. if they influenced it, that's scary to think maybe it's even more. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess at this point, I'm not convinced they've influenced it yet, but mm-hmm. hopefully not. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, at all? yeah. I mean, it's it's just interesting to me because we've had this discussion before, you know, in regard to numbers and you know where numbers are, and we've had, um, you know, different governmental agent, you know, different governmental offices that have been um, challenging each other's numbers and how they got those, and you know, basing then decisions off of these kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is what it is or not, but then even to think that you have economists who are experts that you're trusting you right. know, to provide you with this information so you can base these decisions and that they may be influenced in some fashion mm-hmm. with another alternative, you know, motive, then that's uh, worrisome, mm-hmm. you know, for me as a citizen. Right. Um, because well, for me as a, as a lawmaker, I, think, I need yeah. the information yeah, absolutely. as best I can have it before right. I determine the impact on the state. Well, I'm glad this is, this is then coming out and that that can mm-hmm. then be evaluated so that there, if there are problems, hopefully then, you know, we can work on getting some economists who don't have, um, business, right, who, other business here, in, right here in Missouri. Yeah. So, um, that's all that I had saw. And I just thought that I would ask you about those. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Just to give a, uh, um, just a, What's kind of, going on with you this week? Well, kind of an update, I guess, as you would say it. Um, we had a very successful town hall meeting. Uh, we're at dinner and a dialogue with uh, Mayor Eileen Weir. Um, mm-hmm. Those of you who listen to this podcast have heard that. It's a little long <laughs> as far as the podcast, but we'll also be putting it up on YouTube soon enough where you can see that. Appreciate all the people that came out in the tough weather and all the members of the city council that showed up. Um, then kind of had an exciting weekend because um, Friday night was the Truman High School court warming where they gave the court, they awarded the court warming queen mm-hmm. to my goddaughter, Audrey Lavoda. Yay! Yay! So that was exciting. And uh, then was able to attend a, a Missouri Mavericks um, um, event for legislators sponsored by Community America Credit Union. Oh, at the that. at the Independence Events Arena, which is a nice facility, and that was a a, a nice time, um, was able to um, have kind of a, a neat, uh, fun evening at the Missouri. I'm sorry, the Boone County Democratic <laughs> Chili Supper, and I saw we, pictures from that. It looked like it was well attended, and mm-hmm. it, there was a lot of excitement. Well, I was I was in Jefferson City, and what I usually like to do on Monday evenings is go to Columbia. As my daughter Megan there is a junior at the University of Missouri and uh, touch base with her, have dinner. And so I dragged her along <laughs> to the uh, Boone County event. 
I was able to um, have some delicious chili. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got the honor to introduce uh, Representative Stephen Weber, Ooh, who, I like Columbia's yeah. own. Great. And um, as I was up there, I introduced the youngest member of the Democratic State Committee. <laughs> of course, your daughter. Well, my daughter, <laughs> Megan. And then what was exciting is that as I introduced Representative Weber, he introduced Secretary of State Kander mm-hmm. in one of his first speeches as a candidate for U.S. Senate. Yeah, so that was exciting. exciting. Yeah. Um, as I was leaving, um, the press was asking um, Jason a lot of questions, and I walked right in the middle and expressed to them, as I'll say now, I am not a candidate for Secretary of State. <laughs> I am running for re-election. Um, mm-hmm. I want to serve the people of my district, District 11. So, Very good. Um there, it's on the record. Okay. I've told the press. I've let everybody know. You, you That's it. announced you are running for re-election. Yes. I was happy to see uh, members of the lead team, the lead class mm-hmm. from the Independence Chamber visit. Uh, they visited uh, this week in Jefferson City. Uh, accompanying them was one Mayor Eileen Weir, so mm-hmm. that was nice to see her as well. Um, um, lots of constituent meetings. Um, some doctors were down. I, do, uh, doctors were coming, pushing some things that uh, make sense for keeping people healthy. And I ran to my own doctor <laughs> as I was walking around, uh, Dr. Uh, Eubanks Ming. Um, it was nice to see her. So that was good. And did she do a quick check? Make no, sure but I okay. did have to tell her that I got my, I'm doing well on my New Year's resolution to eat better. And, oh, well, that's good. I'm lose, sure she liked hearing that. And lose weight. Um, had a hearing, um, for, uh, a, a bill in the insurance committee that um, said if you file your business uh, information online with the Secretary of State, you don't have to pay a fee. Oh, good. And that way um, we would get more people electronic online. I had very a hearing. Green. Yes. And, and also, you know, very good for businesses. So small businesses and save some money for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, had a hearing on a bill that uh, would stop what I call the double dipping when a uh, state employee receives their pension, and then still works for a political subdivision. I think there's some abuse out there, and I'll keep pushing that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Was able to um, attend an event with the Missouri Association of Nurse Anesthetists. Am I saying that right? No, anesthetic. Anesthetist, yeah. Anesthetist. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're here. It's difficult. It's been a long week. I say it like that in my head because then I spell it correctly. Mm -hmm. Anesthetics. And (laughs) I was happy to see our friend from... um, Excel. Do you remember her? She runs Excel. Yes. Yes. Okay. No. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> then the Missouri Dental Association was there. Good to see some folks from the district there. Uh, UMKC. Uh, some folks from um, the um, the court system here in Jackson County came down, and uh, this uh, also was able to see Corey Day, who's the Tourism Director of Independence, as it was Tourism Hotcakes Morning, Ooh. Um, and uh, Corey was there and was able to touch base with her. So Great. a lot of constituents down, um, looking forward to uh, meetings with um, principals and um, an awards banquet and all kinds of fun stuff coming up next week. Looks like um, we'll be dealing with um, lots of hearings for more mil- bills moving ahead. Healthcare Association, the Northland Days. You probably would like that. Um, yeah, I would. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Northland Chamber is coming down. Oh. 
I'm sure you. Yeah, there's a legislative uh, gathering for the chamber mm-hmm. members that's coming up in Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. That's right. So looking forward. To, I always like it when uh, folks are uh, in town and come by and visit. So that's Thanks. what I have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as exciting without Chris Whiting. Yeah, we need an update from the city for sure. But uh, that's, you know. I only have one thing that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, this next month I'm going to be speaking to uh, Kansas City Oasis. And they've asked me to come in. I actually went um, to one of their programs uh, a few weeks ago with my brother Joe of Joe's Data Center. Mm-hmm. And um, we attended. And it was nice. It was just a um, an opportunity for people to be able to <clears throat> to gather together and to learn something new and, and to come off uh, to come out of it more positive and so um i'm going to go and they've asked me to speak about activism and the importance of um when is this being it, it's sometime in march i don't have I the date in it. front of me but, i want to learn about activism okay okay yeah well i would uh i would love to have you there and anybody else who'd like to join us and i will get those details for us in a later show so that if somebody would like to attend then they can okay but i'll be speaking about activism because it's important for us to practice our democracy that's what we live in i have i one other thing I want to mention that I have sent out my uh, my capital report mm-hmm. to um, constituents. I, I don't saw know if that you got today. A copy of that. Yeah, it looked great. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. And some of the issues that I, if I can find it here, try to remember what I dealt with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the issues that uh, I talk about is uh, our um, what I I've got it refer to as a half step towards ethics reform. Um, working on bringing the um, Missouri Highway Patrol Crime Lab to independence and urging the governor to make that happen, work on the education education bill, and then all the different bills and the progress that they have. So if you want to be on that list, um, send me an email. Um, you can go to the Missouri Senate website, send me an email, or you can Twitter. I'm just at Paul Lavota, or There's all kinds of ways I'm sure you can get a hold of me, but I'd be glad to put you on that list because um, it is what I like to call good stuff for all. Thank you, Courtney, for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, that's the update. It's always fun to talk to everybody about what's going on and having this simple dialogue is good for us all. I agree. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Just that it's been a great show. 